And now it's time for Half Hour to Health. Sit back, relax, and find out how you can live a better life. Here's your host for Half Hour to Health, Dr. Stephanie. And I'm with Brooke Mills, Dr. Brooke Mills. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. So today, we have two topics. The first topic is improving your mental health through gratitude. The second topic in the second half is improving your life through service to others. It's a great conversation to have any time of year, but particularly during the holidays. Absolutely. So having a grateful heart, I think, is the magic pill, the silver bullet of Mm -hmm. mental health preparedness. Yeah, and how to overcome obstacles and the person that might cut you off in traffic and how your day might feel sometimes flipped upside down or not going your way to be able to continually come back to gratitude and gratefulness is such a powerful tool to be able to utilize. And studies show that it does help enhance your mental health when you come from a place of gratitude. So research has suggested that practicing gratitude can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety and promote a more optimistic outlook on life, obviously. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So what are some of the things that you do to maximize your grateful heart? My gratitude for the day. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a tool that I love to teach young adults as well. Um, And even kids uh, in elementary school and middle school can do this little tip as well. I like to start the day with a an index card or a sticky note, something that you can fit easily in your pocket. Ladies, if you don't have a pocket, stick it in your wallet. On the back of your phone is something that I like to do too. And I write down three things that I'm grateful for in the morning. And I am going to be continually continuously reminded of this sticky note of the three things that I'm grateful for throughout my day. I'm going to, you know, maybe feel in my back pocket and feel that that sticky note or what have you and pull it out and read it, be reminded of that. It might be on the back of my phone. So I'm going to be reading it every time I put my phone face down to be more present with what I'm doing, so on and so forth. There's so many different ways that you can check in with yourself with that tool. And then if you're feeling particularly struggling with that concept and with feeling grateful throughout your entire day, I encourage you to every time you think of that sticky note or you see it, write down something else that you're grateful for. Like add to it? Add to it. So I like to make um, leave enough space, write down three things at the top of a sticky note or what have you that has enough room to be able to grow. And that really helps with that rewiring of your brain to make you a more optimistic person and to make you look for the things that you can be grateful for in your day. Like you're actually training your brain to be yes. grateful. It's such a training tactic. So when you come from a place of gratitude, it also helps lower your stress. Yes. How brilliant is that? If you're stressed out, taking a moment to reflect on something that you're grateful for can actually lower your cortisol level, which is the hormone that's associated with stress. Mm -hmm. So if you are feeling particularly stressed by an event, if you can divert your attention from that stress for a moment, it doesn't even have to be something that you're grateful for relative to that stressor. No, just anything. Anything. You you could pick something completely opposite. So if you're having a stressful moment with your two-year-old, um, you 
might not want to take the moment for being so grateful for having a two-year-old in that moment. <laughs> you might want to just start with something simple, like, I am so thankful I have a roof over my head right now. Mm-hmm. That I have food on my table. Yeah. That I have a car that I can put my two-year-old in the back and we can go for a car ride <laughs> so the two-year-old can fall asleep in the car. <laughs> really. Diverting that energy is really powerful. Absolutely. Now, gratitude can also help improve your sleep quality. Yes, I think this is really cool because it kind of goes with the stress in my mind. If I'm laying my head down on the pillow at night and I'm running through all the things that I need to do or all the things that stressed me out through that day or feeling panicked about what's coming the next day and how packed my day is and if I'm going to be able to get everything done. Reminding myself of the things that I was grateful for or the things that went well throughout my day that therefore I'm grateful for helps my mind be more at ease and helps me sleep better and be able to just leave that so I can I can sleep. So I think it's really cool that expressing thanks and thankfulness for positive experiences can lead to a more peaceful and restful night's sleep. And you can also combine that with what you were saying earlier as far as writing down what you're grateful for mm-hmm. before bedtime. Yes. So starting that that list, maybe tomorrow's list, when you go to bed. Yeah. On the flip side, I've also found that I can help promote my own sleep. And this is kind of an opposite thing. But if I'm feeling stressed and thinking about all the things I have to do tomorrow and I'm running over them in my head over and over and over again and Mm -hmm. not able to fall asleep. If I grab a piece of paper and write down all of those things that I need to do, my to-do list, so that I empty it out of my head and onto paper, Mm -hmm. I feel secure that, okay, I'm not going to forget anything. It's right there. I can put it aside. I can fall asleep and safely know that tomorrow I can take the list up. (laughs) It's not fully reliant on just being in your head. It's not a, a not a gratitude notepad so much as it is a to-do list, but mm-hmm. that to-do list could be next to your gratitude notepad. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love writing things down. I'm so old school. You probably write everything on your phone. I still write everything down. It took me a while to get onto the Google Calendar and whatnot because I really liked writing my calendars and my things down on, on pen and paper. I think you really taught me that and ingrained that love for Sorry. side. <laughs> Old school. So if you're expressing gratitude, it can also enhance your relationships with people. And that that's a no-brainer. Yes, this makes sense to yeah, me. It does. So if you take a moment, again, put the pen and paper to use and express a note of thanks, maybe to a friend who's been particularly supportive or a family member or maybe a colleague, and that mm-hmm. would be really unexpected, um, they can feel an overwhelming, warm, happy hug Mm -hmm. from you in hearing or reading about your gratitude. And that can definitely enhance your relationship with that person. For sure. And expressing gratitude. I mean, everybody wants to be thanked for for something and acknowledged for however they provide in one's life, especially if it's um, something that they didn't really think about. You know, it's a very pleasant surprise. And I love that compliments and expressing gratitude and actually telling somebody, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. It boosts your self-esteem and self-confidence and feeling like you relate to the world, as well as it improves the mood and confidence and relationship of that other person. And I bet that could help them feel less stressed. Oh, for sure. It 
it offers them a moment to reflect and be like, wow, they appreciate me or they're grateful for that. And I actually have other things that I'm grateful for, too. Absolutely. It's contagious. It is. It definitely, gratitude. It definitely is a snowball. So gratitude also increases your resilience. So it's a resilience building practice. So if you're faced with challenges and you're able to focus on what you're grateful for, um, you'll be more adaptable. Mm-hmm. You're not very adaptable if you're in a state of crisis, crisis and panic. Mm-hmm. But if you can, in a moment of difficulty, take that step and be grateful, it will turn on the circuitry that will help your problem solve better. Yeah. It only makes sense and it goes with that optimism tool and rewiring your brain and how to try to train during those more stressful moments or challenging times to look for the good, look for the things that you're positive for or grateful for, even if it's not in that exact situation or moment, but just changing that switch into a positive, more genuinely good outlook on your day or life or situation is powerful. So if you're just tuning in, we're here on Half Hour to Health, and we're talking about why to take a moment and increase your ability to be grateful. Like, take a moment to be grateful, but also make that a more quickly wired, automatic firing part of your brain. And when you practice things, like in anything, you get better at it. So we say that neurons in the brain that fire together, wire together, yep. <laughs> it, it improves the neuronal circuitry so it becomes easier to do something. So it might take a lot of mental effort for you throughout your day to pause and think about what to be grateful for. That might not be natural for you. But to put that effort in, you'll see huge rewards. And one of those rewards is actually improved physical health benefits. So people that are grateful and people that have an increased sense of optimism are more likely to engage in healthier behaviors like regular exercise and eating healthy. So lifestyle choices combined with your positive mental attitude and mindset will contribute to your overall well-being. And again, those are things that are choices and it might not come to you naturally right now, but to put in a little effort and start wiring your brain that way will have huge rewards for you in the future. Absolutely. Being grateful for nutritious meals and foods and things to provide to your children or the things that you're able to fuel your body with through making healthy, good-minded choices um, just continues to improve that cycle of feeling grateful. And a nice thing to do, maybe your family already doesn't, or maybe you've fallen out of the habit, but to say grace before you eat your meal. I was just thinking that a lot of times we are we're saying that we are thankful for our nutritious meal and what is provided for us and what's in front of us to nourish our body. And to enjoy that with our family members as well. Absolutely. So the last way that we have, and I'm sure the ways are infinite, that gratitude can improve your overall health is it can actually improve your self-esteem. And I feel like so many people, adults and teenagers and younger people, struggle with their own self-esteem these days. Absolutely. And one way to improve your self-esteem is to be grateful for the things that are in your life and the things that you're able to do and the things that you're able to contribute to others. Mm -hmm. It, It makes sense in my mind because if we're 
thinking, if you can think about a pessimistic person, somebody in your life that does not look for the good or is shows much gratitude for the things that they have in their life, generally we think of those people as the ones that probably have a cloud over their head or don't have a whole lot of self-confidence or self-esteem or aren't willing to put themselves out there um, versus that person that you think of that's perky and bubbly and grateful and always expressing their gratitude for others. Um, just so such different lights. And so it it's really cool to watch how the things that we say and the things that we think about to ourselves and expressing gratitude changes and shapes our personality the way that we think our relationships, our relationship to ourself and our self-esteem. And how people react towards you. Oh, yeah. It's It's all intertwined. It's a cycle. It is. Yes. So we've got to take a break here on Half Hour to Health. We have been talking about gratitude and mental health. Obviously, it is a great practice to have. Um, But when we come back, we'll be talking about service and how serving others can help your overall well-being as well. We'll be right back. And now back to Half Hour to Health with your host, Dr. Stephanie from Crossroads Chiropractic. With Dr. Brooke from Crossroads Chiropractic, and we are talking about how to improve your mental health for free. First, through being more grateful, expressing gratitude. That was the first half of the show. And now through service, volunteerism. Volunteerism. I think it's different. I think this is a really cool topic to piggyback off of this gratitude uh, because we really do live in a world that can be oftentimes characterized by the challenges and the obstacles and events happening in the world, which aren't always the best. And so um, by being able to serve yourself through practicing gratitude and serving others, how that impacts your health and overall well-being. So we're going to talk about how volunteerism and community engagement really can shape your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and make you feel um, healthier, more able to give back to the greater good of society. I have loved, I love serving. Um, I've served on nine mission trips. How many have you been on at this point? Oh, gosh, more than that. I don't know. I've lost count. I've lost count. Yes. Well, you took me to Bolivia when I was 13 Mm -hmm. years old, and we toured a bunch of different orphanages. And as a 13-year-old little girl, that opened my eyes up to what other people experienced and other young girls and boys my age and the um, challenges that they had in their life that I could never have dreamt of or thought through. And so to watch them um, live without families and creating a community within themselves and um, not always feeling safe or secure, the things that I really took for granted was such an eye-opening experience um, to make me very grateful starting at quite a young age. You know, I had food, I had a family, I had a roof, I had pets, um, not just stray dogs walking around my orphanage, you know. Uh, So it really puts puts everything in perspective and has caused me to love serving and giving back to my community. So there's a link between volunteerism and mental health. So there's a lot of research that demonstrates the positive impact of volunteerism on mental health. Studies um, are correlating reduced stress, anxiety, and depression. And so I kind of think of this as being able to give from the ability that you have. You know, sometimes we might not feel like we have all of our stuff 
together our day working well or against us, but being able to serve your community gives you a fulfilling purpose and knows that you're um, giving to people that are in a greater need than you are. So when you're volunteering, it's an opportunity for you to recognize what you're good at, your own personal strengths. Absolutely. You want to serve with your strengths. So, I mean, that can help build self-esteem, but then to be helping others always gives you that warm, fuzzy place in your heart. And it also is an opportunity, as you said, for to look at where you're at in life and to be grateful um, for the blessings that you do have and to go forward and share the blessings that you have with others. So... Absolutely. There's also chemical reactions in our brain when we're exuding kindness. So we release endorphins and oxytocin when we're acting out of kindness. You mean all those happy hormones in the brain? All those happy hormones, yes. Happy brain chemicals. I think that's why some people just kind of get a little addicted to giving back. You know, I have so many um, people that I meet in the community as Miss New Hampshire that serve at the Salvation Army four days a week and they've missed it like three times in their lifetime. Wow. And so I think it's really powerful how much some people really love giving back. I think that absolutely has something to do with it. You know, as a chiropractor for 23 years now, I've seen thousands of people and I interact with people every single day Mm -hmm. and we have conversations. And some people I've taken care of a, a good 20 plus years now. And one thing that has struck me is that the older generations that maybe are retired, but have found a position volunteering or giving back that have a purpose or the people that just are 85 years old and haven't retired yet, mm-hmm. they still get out of bed and go to work that have a purpose. They seem to be happiest and healthiest. Absolutely. So if you have a volunteer opportunity that you can be passionate about, whether that's once a week or once a month. It is an opportunity to give yourself more purpose to give. Absolutely. And that's part of how we can build self-esteem is just by working through the attributes that you have to be able to create a sense of purpose and fulfillment. So you had a brain injury. I did. And you had a really long recovery. I did. (laughs) How did the volunteer work that you did help in your recovery? Yeah, I think that comes up a a lot, at least for me, as to how did I heal and how did I recover from a brain injury. And this March is 10 years ago from, from my brain injury, which is wild to think about. But right after my brain injury and after I was kind of able to get myself back together, I focused on how I could make an impact with this within the community um, in this manner because I felt alone and isolated and like I was the only person that had ever suffered a concussion. (laughs) I introduced the return to learn guidelines at my high school. I was the first person to ever go through them, even though I was not the first student in a large high school to sustain a concussion and need these guidelines. And so I started as it started as a blog. I created a blog to be able to share my story and to relate to others that might be experiencing something similar to what I was overcoming. So I shared new research that was coming out about concussions and our protocols to healing because it used to be, you know, 
sleeping in a dark room with no screens and no sounds and no outward communication to the world. And now it's turning into more research that's um, liking walk and walking and light aerobic activity. And that wasn't something that was around when I was um, overcoming my concussion. But giving back um, created an opportunity for me to get better for somebody else other than myself. Mm. And it gave me a greater purpose to the obstacle that was dealt to me in my life. I had to figure out its purpose in my life in order to not feel defined by it and held back by the the challenges I was dealt. And so that was my way of coping and being able to give back and serve in this capacity that was you know, meant for me in my life. So it really, as we're talking about giving back and volunteerism and contribution, it gave me a sense of purpose and fulfillment when it came to my brain injury. Excellent. So one thing that I remember from those early days that you probably don't remember because you were suffering from a severe concussion and memory was one of the major issues. Mm -hmm. You created a program where you went into schools and talked to kids about what a concussion is, what to do if you think that you've had one, and how to treat somebody else that's had a concussion that might be struggling with their day-to-day activities at school. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember specifically how many kids came up to you at the end of a presentation and said, I really felt alone. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the wonderful things about volunteerism is it can create a sense of community amongst strangers. Yes, absolutely. It unifies individuals and gives you a purpose or a mission to and a direction to work in benefiting others. To come together for a cause. Yes. I see this with our Boys and Girls Club here in the Concord area. Mm-hmm. There are so many different businesses and business people and families that come together to create this amazing mission to help the kids in our community. Yeah. That kind of leads into another pillar of how volunteerism can help this in this aspect. And it's that building social bonds and a sense of belonging. Mm. So if you, maybe you don't feel very fulfilled by the job that you do on a day-to-day basis. I see a lot of those individuals going and seeking other alternatives to serve in some capacity. And that creates, you know, clubs. Uh, We've got rotaries. We've got Kiwanis clubs. These ways that people from different walks of life can come together and be able to serve on a similar mission and a way to be able to benefit their community. Uh, Volunteerism also helps people overcome mental challenges. Uh, I really think that this highlights on how it offers an opportunity to think about something other than yourself. If you're going through a challenging time in your life, and sometimes we look for distractions. (laughs) Distractions aren't always um, purposeful or useful or beneficial to your situation, but by serving and giving and creating a mission or a purpose for your day and um, highlighting something else other than the challenges that you're going through in your life helps create more ease and allows you to be able to more articulate the, the, the things that you need to overcome in your day-to-day life. 
Um, we also have other tips for getting involved and being able to start volunteerism. Is make, making start small, <laughs> you know, start um, things that are simple acts of kindness. I know um, some young kids that like to do paint paint rocks and write kindness quotes on them or words of affirmations, um, writing kindness or courageous or confident, all these different words and leaving them throughout communities is really cool. Oh, that's such a cool movement. Yes, I know the Miss New Hampshire group and I are going to be decorating the dairy school in um, a chalk. We're going to kind of create chalk art with motivational quotes and um, things to be able to get them through the end of their school year before their school unfortunately closes. So there's things that you can do to um, to give back in unique, easy, and fun ways. Absolutely. If you're feeling like you want to start something, a really easy thing to start either at your school or your work is a canned good drive. Mm-hmm. Or um, an after-schools food drive. I don't know how else to say that, but there are several organizations here in Concord that help provide food to school-age kids for the weekends. For the weekends or the evenings, yes. And so just having a box and writing a pamphlet and telling everybody at work about it Mm -hmm. and filling that box and bringing that box to one of those charities would be something that you could initiate pretty easily and make a very positive impact in the Concord area. Absolutely. And if you're also starting to think about giving back and volunteering volunteering in some capacity, think about your strengths. Are you really great at social media? Is there a way that you can offer your skills to a nonprofit that's already been established? A lot of times nonprofits continually need more volunteers and more people to be able to give back to their mission. See if there's anything that um, really resonates with you and would fulfill a sense of purpose and pride for you with the skill set that you have because there's always an opportunity for everybody. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I would add if there's something that you would like to do in life that you haven't been able to do yet yeah so i've never i've never owned a dog Mm. so maybe if i'm not ready to adopt a dog and do the full commitment i could volunteer or bring supplies to the spca yep yep little things (laughs) like that we could do a whole show just on volunteerism but unfortunately it was a half a show today on volunteerism the first half if you missed it you can find it on the podcast all about gratitude it is the secret weapon to being a happy healthy contributing person in society Um, we thank you for listening to half hour to health we will be back next weekend here on the pulse network and on the podcast everywhere you find your podcast and we are sponsored by crossroads chiropractic this month the complete exam with any necessary x-rays is just 59 dollars in our three locations meredith pembroke or epping call us at 603-575-9080 that's 603-575-9080 or find us on the web at crossroadschiropractic.com you've been listening to half hour to health with dr stephanie from crossroads chiropractic Be sure to tune in next week right here on The Pulse of New Hampshire.